Well, welcome to this May edition, uh, excuse me, February edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gommerson. Hello, Adam. And today we are wrapping up February. And for those who are privileged enough to listen to this the week that it is posted, um, the reason for Adam's supposed slip of the tongue was because <laughs> we are experiencing unseasonably warm weather in Michigan this February. And Adam and I are not complaining. <laughs> no. Since we have not been relocated to Arizona or Hawaii yet, we will take this for what it's worth. So, I like how you say very, yet. Very, yeah, I mean, goals, right? That's right. Podcast goals. <laughs> anyway, before we get too distracted, I have a very exciting show for you today. But first, Adam, why don't you start us off with our quote of the day? Where love is, God is. That is from Mr. Henry Drummond. All right. Well, uh, in the past, we've done uh, different Valentine's Week episodes. And I know this is a few weeks, a a couple weeks after Valentine's Day. But I really wanted to take the opportunity to welcome my friend Eric Costin and his wife, Elizabeth, to the studio. Um, Eric was with us um, about a year or so ago, maybe a little bit more than that. And shared a little bit of his story. But since then, this past October, Eric um, got married. And so I've invited Eric and Elizabeth here to share a little bit of their story individually. And then as they came together as a married couple. So I'm very excited to welcome them to the studio. Welcome, guys. Hello. All right. Well, let's start out um, by asking... Um, both of you just did spend a few moments telling us how you came to know the Lord. Eric, why don't you go first, and then we'll hear from Elizabeth. I came to know the Lord um, during family turmoil when um, uh, just after, oh, a few years after my parents had divorced, um, my mother had left the state, um, the state of Michigan, for those out-of-staters listening to the podcast. Uh, She had left to live with a gentleman who is now a stepfather. Um, We were living with my dad. He had remarried, and my dad was going through... Lots of turmoil um, that I didn't understand. And I had gotten back from a summer camp that I had um, experienced lots of, lots of fun, lots of entertaining um, events, learned lots of new things, had a lot of fun with a friend that I have kept in contact with for quite a long time. And my dad was doing um, or attempting suicide, uh, th- suicidal things such as mm, trying to hang himself in the garage. And no, was, no one was trying to, attempting to explain it to me. And I was calling a good friend of mine in town, and asking her for help. 
and trying to understand it. And she basically told me, the only way that you're going to get through this ultimately is to do what I've always known because I've had friends um, who are Christians and had pretty much turned down everything they've told me because, well, if I didn't have a good family and they did, what was their advice worth? Um, nothing, I told myself. I didn't at the time. I didn't understand everything. But um, basically the um, condensed version of the story, the answer to the question was, uh, I was told the ultimate solution to your problem is accept Christ and let him carry your burden and uh, get through this get through this with his help and I accepted Christ but the answer wasn't immediate the help came over years and no the feeling of ah glad that's over with wasn't there it happened over time and no the Issues didn't resolve themselves immediately. So there's your answer. All right, Elizabeth. Well, Andrew, I grew up in the church, um, a God-fearing church, but not a Jesus-preaching church. Um, so I was a very good girl um, and thought I was on the right track. And it wasn't until um, after I had my son, uh, after college, Got into a relationship that was not godly. And um, I think he was about three or four, so about nearly 30 years old. Um, I had been attending a Bible study at the behest of my mom. She encouraged me to go. Um, and I'd been doing that for several years. And we started attending a church um, that was very different from the church I'd grown up in. Very evangelical, very um, modern uh, and, you know, after probably, it wasn't an immediate thing. It was months of, you know, Jesus just knocking at my door, at my heart's door and saying, you know, let me in, let me in. Um, that I finally realized that I needed to surrender everything. Um, all the pain, all the fear I'd been living in uh, for so many years. Um, figuring out that being a good girl was just not enough to make my life worthwhile. And uh, just after weeks of, you know, tears and uh, or probably months, actually, is more accurate, uh, of tears and confession. And um, I finally just said yes and, and laid it all on the altar. And uh, it was very liberating. Uh, I would agree with Eric that life did not necessarily immediately improve for me. But um, my, the way I looked at the world changed dramatically. Um, I was freed from a great many fears and uh, longings and um, just things that were destructive to my well-being um, and that of my family. Uh, so a lot of spiritual growth happened, um, especially within a couple of years after 
Um, I was saved. I was baptized, actually, with my mother and sister not long after my profession of faith. Uh, we were all baptized together, which was pretty awesome. Uh, and then the Lord led us to a very um, specific church, um, which was pretty, it was dramatic. Um, I saw God doing a lot of amazing things. Not that he wasn't doing amazing things before that time, but uh, but my eyes were opened. Um, the eyes of my heart were, were very much opened. Well, thank you for sharing. And I definitely resonate with the idea of it being a long journey. I remember as a five-year-old um, coming to faith in Jesus Christ and then that was really the beginning of the of a of a journey that had a lot of ups and downs um and i was pretty bitter for the first 9 years of that cuz i knew what my permanent destination would be but my temporary one i was like god why did you do this cuz i can't do much to serve you in this wheelchair if i was out of this wheelchair then i could and i kept making excuses and god broke me down like he did moses and said I made your mouth, I made you the way I made you for a purpose, and I have, you know, things that I want you to accomplish. And I'm thankful that since then I've been able to do things like this podcast to do just that, to serve him with what I have rather than complaining about what I don't have, which is so easy to do as humans. And we're going to get into your your story as a couple in just a moment. But first of all, I wonder... Because as I sat and watched your wedding a few months ago, I kind of got the feeling that it was the culmination of a lot of prayers and a long journey to find each other. So um, if each of you could comment on what you would recommend for those of us, myself included in this, who are still waiting for love and praying for the right person, um, I would really be interested to hear what each of you have to say about that. Myself first. Go ahead. Okay. Um, if you're doing it online as we did, because of, for myself it was the easiest way to do it as a, a blind guy, you're not going to uh, jump on the bus and go to you know churches and find various groups that just wasn't going to happen for me didn't feel comfortable and the church I was going to hmm, you know just didn't have the it had its singles group but I don't know exactly how to explain it in summarized short answers it didn't feel didn't feel easy. Uh, you'll have to uh, talk to me off mic for that one. For me, the online was e was easy. I could think about my answers. I could uh, type it all up. I could uh, write a, a huge biography and, and snap uh, snip it up into pieces. Where the online, and in my in our case, we both did it on eHarmony, which is, in my opinion, probably one of, not the only, but one of the better ones to use. Um, you still have to be very careful 
you have to read every word. You have to pay attention to their likes, dislikes. Um, what would I ask the person to pay attention to? Um, make sure the person is a believer. Ask lots of questions that are important to you, but also pay attention to what's important to them and make sure you can deal with it. If it doesn't line up with what is important, uh, um, how do I want to say this? If it isn't quite so important to you, maybe make sure you can deal with it. That's good advice. Do you have anything to add, Elizabeth? Um, well, I, I agree, and I had been, you know, I had done the online thing before um, <laughs> and was less than pleased with the results. Um, there's a lot of dishonest people out there in cyberspace, which should surprise no one. Um, you know, for me, it had been a, a long journey. Um, I didn't end up staying with my son's father for various complicated and um, reasons that I won't go into, but... Uh, you know, I, I had pretty much decided that God wasn't going to bring me the desire of my heart, which was mate. And um, I was just really focusing on my relationship with the Lord and um, asking him to turn me into someone who could love uh, unconditionally whoever he put in front of me. And uh, I really, <laughs> eHarmony was not in my plan. And um, I actually was trying to help my brother. Oh, wow. So I set up a profile <laughs> just to see, you know, how to do it. I had done it years ago, but um, not as in-depth. And so I set up a profile for myself, and Eric and I connected. We were, like, the first people that he was the first guy I connected with, and that was it, um, which is not a typical story by any means. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really didn't uh, didn't further uh connection with anybody else i mean a few other connections but um <clears throat> but he was the first as it turns out and uh we you know communicated that via that route and then we started texting and calling and you know and then you know we kind of let the lord take the lead from there <laughs> but he's very right when it comes to you know focusing on uh you know your beliefs need to be very much in line how you feel about the lord especially um, you know, what place does he have in your life? How do you feel about all those important things? Family, children, well, money. <laughs> well, this is encouraging to me, especially, you know, the part where you were saying you tried it before and it didn't work. But then when you met Eric, it, it did. So that's great because I have in the past, um, you know, I have a, a profile on one of the one of the Christian dating sites. I'm not sure if I'm going to mention which one here on the podcast because, um, like Eric said and like Elizabeth said, there is um, specific issues with doing the online thing. And I've I've pretty much I think found the pe- found out that the people that I've interacted with have been the genuine article. Um, so, but I, I, so far I've found it to be a microchasm of my life where I've met people who are willing to be my friends, but didn't really want to go any further, which I always got a little frustrated when it was on the dating site. And I guess I will just mention that it was Christian Mingle. I have nothing against Christian Mingle, but 
it seems like um, most of the people that I've interacted with, they've said, well, I'll be your friend, which I don't, which I don't, uh, don't hate. I, I definitely appreciate those friendships, but I don't pay, you know, for a subscription to a dating service so that I can find friends because I can get them free. Um, <laughs> I would have to say, though, if I may. You have to be friends before you... Oh, can. absolutely. I, I absolutely agree with you. I'm just saying, um, from my personal experience, you know, I usually spend, you know, four to six months getting to know someone before I ever get interested in them on that level anyway. But I often come away from those interactions after that period yeah. when I finally decide to take the next step. And they still come back with, well, you're a good ah. friend. And so that's, that's what I'm saying is my personal experience. Okay. So I'm not giving up. Um, I, and I, you know, I still have the faith to believe that God could um, bring someone through person-to-person interactions. Or it could happen online. I'm not sure the direction that God has for me. But I was just pointing out that I was very encouraged by that aspect for you guys. All right, so I kind you kind of answered um, the next question I had, which is how do you how did you meet each other? So you met on eHarmony. So eHarmony does work, so that's kind of neat to hear. <laughs> and um, it took me three hours to put it all together and to answer all the questions. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there are a lot of questions on some of these sites, and probably more on eHarmony than than on Christian Mingle. But um, uh, we're getting a little bit sidetracked, so I will just bring it back in by asking Adam if he has any questions. So you guys met; it was love at first click, and then <laughs> you guys fell for each other. And how long between when you met and then when you knew you were going to get married? How long was that time period? Like, when did you know? I don't know about first click, <laughs> but considering I usually play with a keyboard, but anyway, haha. Anyway, um, I would have to say we were talking in May of 2015, I think it was, and wasn't until into 20. January, yeah. Yeah. It was a good about seven, eight months. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Focusing on being friends first was a big part of it. Mm. Part of it was she lived out in the boondocks, out in Belding, which is, for those out-of-towners, basically about an hour away from where I lived in Granville which is outside of Grand Rapids, western Michigan for the out-of-staters. <laughs> so as kind of a caveat to Adam's question, what was, how long was it from the time you started interacting online to the time you met in person? It was after I got back from Florida uh, because my Aunt Sandy had passed away. Um, I got back, I know it was summertime, I know it was, yeah, 
it, it was had to be about three weeks, maybe a month. And Elizabeth, um, if you could just answer the question. Um, after you've been talking for this time and then you met in person, um, was there an immediate piece that this was going in the right direction? Talk about your initial impressions. Was there an immediate piece? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I felt like, you know, Eric was definitely, you know, who he portrayed himself to be, which was pretty important to me. Very refreshing. <laughs> yeah. like. Very refreshing. <laughs> yes, there were no unpleasant surprises. Um, <laughs> you know, and we, it was just an extension I, I felt of our, you know, our ongoing communication. And it was a good affirmation. Um, you know, we had a really nice dinner at Olive Garden, as I recall, and uh, which is one of our favorite places to eat. So it was very enjoyable. It was loud, as I recall. That was kind of a challenge. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I think we both felt like, you know, this, this could go someplace. So we should, you know, keep talking and see where it leads. Definitely. Okay, Eric, this question is mainly for you. Tell me about the proposal. That was interesting. The proposal was, I went to her dad because her dad was dealing with uh, kidney failure and uh, end-of-life possibilities. I went to him and asked his permission. And his answer to me was, it's up to her. Let's just threw it back at you then. <laughs> he tossed it right back at me and took my hand and says, it's up to you, buddy. you got to go ask her. That must have been refreshing to hear. Um, <laughs> he's kind of a fly-by-the-seat-of-his-pants type guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, he doesn't hold back. He just kind of says what he needs to say type mm -hmm. of guy. Um. So I went to her, and I'm kind of, you know, I say what I want to, I say what I mean, I say what I need to, sometimes, not always what I need to, but <laughs> um, I just asked her if she would marry me, and I told her not everything would be um, what she thought, but, you know, the church would provide the food. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, that, that's that's great, Eric. So, um, so when was the proposal? Oh, oh, it was in two parts. You want to share the second part, Elizabeth? <laughs> so first, he talked to my dad, and that was was that February, maybe? I want to say. I don't know. I know it's the, the timeline; <laughs> it all blurs. Well, that was a really challenging time in our lives but um my my dad was actually very very ill and spent like a month in the hospital mm. when we nearly lost him so and as i mentioned earlier i've been living with my parents so um yeah yeah there were trips to ann arbor and lots of stuff but you know and it started like in september and you know mm. didn't really end until probably march but <laughs> yeah, yeah it was not in there but um I mean, we talked about it before then, but then we actually, he didn't formally, like, get down on his knee and, you know, do that thing until um, June when we had our engagement party. So, I mean, but obviously he'd, he'd run it by me before that. 
We talked about it at probably March or April. So the engagement party, um, <laughs> when I saw the video, that was when it was official, official. That was when it was official. Our engagement was okay. officially announced. That's, that's so. awesome. I wasn't sure. Um, it was a little non-traditional. But yeah. Yeah. It, it was a little but that was neat. So... <laughs> So, but I, I was, I was really happy for you guys. I knew, I knew that was something that Eric had wanted for years because we had talked about it and, uh, there are obvious challenges. And I guess that's one thing that I know too, is I always try to assure people that I'm going into these things, approaching these things with my eyes wide open as well and not naive to the fact that there are challenges, but I think every couple has challenges and i think in some ways uh, people like eric and i are uniquely prepared for things like this because we've already faced you know uh much greater challenges than a lot of people have and so we come at it with an attitude of overcoming and an attitude of determination that says the things worth having are worth working hard for so i definitely saw that in eric and it's Really exciting to see the culmination in this area of life. Um, all right, so you've been married for a little over, f- five little over five months now. So, Elizabeth, we'll start with you. Can you tell me what do you think is one of the biggest lessons God's taught you through this time of being married to Eric? I would say, you know, that verse about how love covers over a multitude of sins. Um, and I'm not just, I'm not talking about his necessarily. <laughs> um, you know, the heart of love and the fact that love is not just a word and it's not just an emotion. It is a, it is a commitment. It is a daily, you know, living out servanthood. And, um, you know, you're going to have arguments <laughs> and disagreements and, Things are not going to be perfect. Um, in a lot of ways, uh, you know, bringing our lives together, I felt like it was going to be really difficult and challenging. And there have been challenges, but, um, you know, God has been very faithful. And, uh, you know, he's just helped us work it all out. And we, we work really hard to keep him at the center of everything. And that's been critical, you know, to our spiritual growth. And that's probably the number one key. Absolutely. Right there. <laughs> And Eric, do you have any thoughts you'd like to add? Um, patience. Um, I'd have to say the biggest thing for me would be making the changes. Um, the wife has her uh, desires that aren't necessarily mine. Things get put in places I wouldn't want them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll deal with it. Mm. What's that? Flexibility. Mm. Um, <laughs> Which is a key character trait for all of us to learn. Yes, very much so. The other patience issue would be her son. Her son deals with Asperger's. If anybody's kind of wondering what that is, it's a. Uh, if I had to try and describe it, I'm still trying to understand it. It's um, how the brain is wired determines how you interact with the world around you. So my version of let's go take a walk and 
go get donuts at the donut shop on 28th Street. Is too much noise, too much traffic noise. I don't feel like dealing with it all. I don't want to talk to anybody. For him, for me is, but that's what you do in the world. And for me, it's learning how to deal with he doesn't um, inflect or show emotion or you know verbally so i don't read him he doesn't read me it's a <laughs> it's a real rough one and i'm not a i'm not a gamer he's a gamer so trying to show interest in things that he is interested in is kind of rough. So, yeah. So well, there you go. well, thank you for that. I can definitely relate um, as far as having a brother that's a gamer and not being a gamer myself. But I, I found that as I would ask him about uh, certain games that he was playing, it, it it gave us conversation topics and drew us closer than we would have been otherwise, even though it wasn't my favorite topic to discuss. So just throwing that out there from personal experience. And um, just have a couple more questions. I thank you so much for coming in here today. It's been encouraging to hear your story, and I hope to get to know both of you better in the days and weeks to come, and hopefully years. I've known Eric since I was just a little tyke, and just getting to know Elizabeth, but excited for what the future brings. And um, so, um, do either of you have a favorite Bible verse? I I really like uh, Psalm 91. Um, the Lord... Um, trying to paraphrase but my stomach is taking over my uh, thought processes right now <laughs> well at least he's honest <laughs> and what is it Jeremiah 29:11 God being my protector I believe it is mm. yeah that was, excuse me yeah. the plans I have for you well, Prosper, yes. An- another really good verse. And, and we will have to make a note, Adam, to have our guest green room stocked with goodies from now on. Yeah. <laughs> if, we want Eric, if we want Eric to come back. There we go. We'll have a special <laughs> podcast buffet. So, <laughs> so Elizabeth, Goodness. do you have anything to add on this particular question? Um, you know, I, for many years, Jeremiah 29.11 was my favorite. But if you go a couple verses down to Jeremiah 29.13... Or it says, if, if you seek me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. And um, that has become kind of almost like a life verse for me. Uh, God's heart has become very important to me. Uh, also, I think there's another version, uh, verse in Jeremiah 31 that says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. I don't remember the exact citation, but there's probably. A, there's a lot of, of good <laughs> scriptures there. And yeah. 
Jeremiah Especially when we consider that Jeremiah isn't something that we often spend a lot of time in as Christians, but there's a lot of uh, wisdom to be mined there if you take the time to study some of these uh, lesser-known books. Um, all right, we just have a final question for both of you or either of you, and that is, do you have any final words for our listeners? Uh, let me think here. Okay, you think, I'll... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would say, uh, you know, don't give up. Uh, you know, I, some of us are definitely called to singleness. Um, you know, I was really at a point where I was like, Lord, you need to remove the desire to be married or bring me someone. And, you know, I laid that at the altar many, many, many times. Picked it back up again, obviously. Um, but I found that once I really focused on my love relationship with Jesus Christ, um, he worked out all the details, and I, if you had told me we we would meet on E-Army and be married, you know, like a year and a half later, I told you we're nuts. So, <laughs> um, you know, just persevere, and mostly, you know, I think if you follow Jesus, if you follow your heart to Jesus, um, you can't go wrong. I would basically say that um, I was asking the Lord, do you have someone for me I need you to tell me and be honest with me and put it in front of my face so that I won't walk past it and I was talking to a good friend of mine that I worked indirectly with um, he was the technical writer one of them for the company that I worked for in-house when I lived down in Florida now I'm hired help, uh, contractor, um, you know, grunt work. Poor contractors. <laughs> anyway, a little humor there. I try, I'd attempt at it anyway. <laughs> and he basically had found somebody or was in the process. And he's also married. I was able to attend his wedding a few years back, and he basically got me started. Was the one who got together with him, with him at my place, and we sat down and got it all together, profile. And he basically said, keep going and don't give up, and that's what I'm going to basically say as well with the add-on of be extremely careful and if you have to background check the people because this world has gotten a little more dangerous since I uh, went online I won't give the details of you know some of the stuff I went through in addition to eHarmony um, nothing happened there but off the dating scheme of things. Be careful when you start getting to know people. Um, make, make sure you know their backgrounds. Ask questions of what they've gone through. Make sure they don't have any backgrounds. Um, you know, illegal backgrounds. That's all I can say there. Just really know them. All right, well, I, I want to thank you both for being here once again. and.
for sharing so much of yourselves with us. It's very encouraging. Um, you know, I, I can sit in here week after week, and I do sit in here week after week, and share different truths from the scriptures. And lately I've been opening up my own life to the listeners. Um, been going through a series of the different challenges I've faced as a disabled uh, man. And uh, just recently, uh, so, and uh, we will, we'll be having a podcast coming up about how things are going for me in the relationship realm so far. Um, but, but so I, so I can sit here week after week, but I don't think this podcast would be nearly as good if, if the only thing you ever heard was me, um, giving my opinion or hopefully God's opinion on a topic. So I love it when I can get other people into the studio and have them share their hearts for God and their, their hearts for other people. And, uh, I just want to thank Eric and Elizabeth for doing that. Um, Adam, do you have any final thoughts as we say goodbye for the week? Um, I just want to say thank you guys for being so vulnerable and sharing your story with us. And I appreciate the message of, you know, not giving up even when it seems like, Oh, it's not going to happen at all. You just never know around the corner what God has planned for you. So thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. All right. Well, that's about all I have for you this week on the speaking for him podcast. Just make sure that you contact us with the contact information that's about to roll at the end of the show. And with, with that being said, Have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at Facebook.com slash Speaking For Him and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 